Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Uh, we're live. Hey, we're hey, we're live. <clears throat> we're live, pal. As I cough, all my cough. Yep. Oh my god, Jeez. I almost died on air. Anyway, we're live, pal. Welcome everyone to the I don't know what episode number this is, but welcome everyone again to the A Side Live Chat. I'm of course. Your host, Jose Youngs, here from MMAfighting.com. It's officially been two years as host of the A-Side Live Chat. I think the actual date was this past weekend, so it kind of fell in the middle of last time and this time, but we're going to call this episode the two-year anniversary of hosting the A-Side Live Chat. So I brought back the man who was my first ever co-host back when it was just me and one other writer, and we couldn't make... It wasn't all pretty. There was no lower thirds. There was no... You know, what do you call it? Frames. There was nothing. It was literally just me. I think it was a Google video chat. So welcome back, AK Lee. How's life in I know it says it's gonna say Toronto, but how's life in Markham? See, Jose, that's why I come on the show. You are a professional who remembers people are from. Uh life is great, man. Life's great. I am so excited to be here on the two-year anniversary of the Jose Young's A-side, such humble beginnings. <clears throat> Uh, and what what a sterling and span show it is now. Of course, with the help of uh, producer extraordinaire, E. Casey Live. What is that? What is that? Why is that? No. Why? <laughs> why? Why? Why is that? No. Come on. Why? For those of you who, can't, who are just listening to this and only listen to the A-Side Live chat, we have oh, a little show on this site called Between the Links, hosted by our own Mike Heck. It is a, I would call it a game show, probably the top game show in yeah. MMA. Hey, yes. Kaylee's not very good at it, apparently. His record shows. Maybe he's... They just, they just put uh, my record he... on screen. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. You ever, seen the, you ever seen the... Have you ever seen the first Godfather, AK, movie? Of course. You know when Sonny gets lit up at the at the toll booth? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's that's how it is when you play between, between the legs. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good visual representation of what usually happens to me. I think I've been putting up a better a better show uh, lately. But, uh, the record is what it is. 
And of course, the man who makes this show actually pretty, back from the Google chat and Skype days. I think we even did one or two episodes on, I can't even remember what it's called, some software, and it broke my computer and my <laughs> camera. But Casey Lydon in Englewood. What's up, Mr. Muscles? Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. I was going to get to that too, but oh, Casey yeah. beat me to it. Happy Pride Month, everyone. He is dressed appropriately. I've. When I say he's dressed appropriately, he's wearing a shirt with a rainbow flag. Of course, I'm not, you know, I don't want to film on the bus. People that are just listening to this, the only UFC shirt that Casey owns, apparently. I think I own three. I own that one, which is the We Are Fighters, the Pride Month one. I think that was after the uh, the nightclub shooting, right? In, in Florida. Well, That's when well, it came out in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then I have the Australian one for the wildfires that were kind of taking over. Uh, the, the bunch of people giving those out says like, and then I have Hispanic Heritage Month. Someone gave me a UFC Hispanic Heritage Month shirt. So I have three shirts from the UFC and they're all for like charities and, you know, good message and stuff. But not, no one cares about my t-shirts. Maybe they care about, actually, no, I'll talk about my t-shirt at yeah. the end of the show. Talk about my t-shirt at the end of the show. Anyway, you guys know the drill. You can ask questions in the YouTube comments. Hello to everyone on Twitter and Facebook. I, we've been doing that for a while. Apparently, it's been getting good review, get good feedback from the Facebooks and Twitter users of the world. So, Case, without further ado, what is our first question? Wait, is it Markham? How do you spell that? It's like Mark Ham. Mark Mark Ham. Ham. You just Mark Ham. It's like Mark Ham. Mark Ham. Without, yep, it's oh, exactly like Mark Ham. Ham. Yes, without, oh, the, Mark. without the without the without the L. Perfect. Mark, Mar- no, Mark Ham. Gosh, darn it. Just like just Jose said, Marum. Oh. It just says Marum now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's so much more medieval sounding. Hold on. All right, here we go. There we go. Mar- there, thank you. There we <laughs> go. There it is. It's actually it's Mark comma Ham. No. <laughs> Mark comma Ham. The, the assassin. Anywho. Baby. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, you guys know the drill. Ask question in the YouTube comments about MMA. Most probably be about MMA, but whatever you guys feel like chit-chatting about, we are here. We got no media day again this week, so we'll talk about whatever. Right. There's no media day this week, right? Or uh, virtual media day, I should say. Yeah. I mean, There's a media day, but not a virtual We're not one. there, so. <laughs> yes. Why well, it's too small? Happy birthday, the A-side. Yes, two years to the Jose Young's iteration of the A-side. This, of course, dates back all the way to our friend Luke Thomas's live chat, and then it went to the Sean Elshadi, Mark Raimondi days, and then it went to Sean and Co., and now it is Jose and Co., or Jose, Casey, and Co. And team. 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 Jose and team. Here we go. First question. First question. This is a big one. It's the big news today. Did WWE just release Braun Strowman? Dot dot dot. WTF? Question mark. So yes, I guess for, we do have a lot of professional wrestling fans in our comment section and on Twitter. Uh, the WWE apparently released f- former Universal Champion Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, who had just started a program. Apparently, uh, who else did they release? Those are the Lana? two big ones. Lana, Lana. who is Sent- who else did? They- yeah. Santana, Santana Garrett. Garrett, Ruby Riot, Ruby, Ruby Riot, yeah. So and they Buddy released Murphy. those names. Buddy Murphy. It's just Murphy, not Buddy Murphy. He lost his first name. Remember, that's how it works. That's how it works. I think he's back to being Buddy. Mur- I think he's back to being Buddy, or maybe he is now. I don't know. Maybe he is now. Anywho, AK, you your arms went up in the air physically when this question was pulled up. So, what are your thoughts on Braun Strowman being released? I guess. 
Yeah, look, no, this stuff, this stuff is important because, look, uh, I, I get it. Well, look, we're not going to dwell too much on, on the pro wrestling, though this is a combat sports podcast, not just UFC. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do mm-hmm. talk about all combat sports organizations, which includes, of course, professional wrestling, maybe the most powerful discipline on the planet. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, again, look, we, we talk about UFC releases all the time and, and you know, names that come up and go, oh, I can't believe they released, you know, Yoel Romero. Or I can't believe they let uh, Jacare go or Anderson Silva. I can't believe they, they you know, they parted away with him. Tyron Woodley uh, didn't resign him. So it's kind of, it's, it's definitely worth talking about how like no one is safe when you get to this sort of big, when you get to the big, big, big show, obviously it's the goal where everyone wants to get UFC uh, WWE, you know, whichever the organization may be. But one second, like Jose, you mentioned, this guy was headlining WrestleMania's former world champion, top guy in the company. And the next, guess what? You're, you're a release. You're, you're a future endeavored. Uh, again, and we, so we see it happen all the time. So yeah, this is really, I think this is really big news, obviously, uh, you know, not necessarily in a related, but in uh, combat sports, sports entertainment. Uh, yeah. Strowman, really shocking. Alistair Black, super talented. Hadn't really got his run yet with the company it feels like it was on the cusp of them wanting to do something with him um i admit i haven't been keeping up with wwe that much but i know that's sort of where he was and then some of the other names very talented people who knows where they'll, where they'll turn up but uh yeah I, I haven't watched wwe in a long time i'm an AEW man but uh, the releases were really really surprising well i know braun Strowman was a product he's one of the few products of the wwe he had no wrestling yeah. experience before signing same as Big E. He, they're, they're in that same boat where you get a lot of these mm-hmm. big wrestlers, that uh, big famous wrestlers that were independent wrestlers that eventually signed a WWE and they kind of made a name for themselves in the regional scenes and then they get to the big show. That was not the case with Braun Strowman to the point where he tweeted he was kind of poking fun at independent wrestlers not being able to work much Ooh. during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that that's, was bad. Yeah, that, that was bad. wasn't great. <clears throat> that That's not a great no. look. So I'm curious how he does uh, considering he his whole wrestling life has been. He didn't even do NXT. He skipped NXT. He learned at the Performance Center and then cut his bones on Raw. Like, that was his big jump. That'd be with like... The, if, with the Wyatt family. They threw him in there with the Wyatt family. And they're yeah, like, here you go. That Here's would, your, you're part that, of a big faction. It, oh, he that, was one of those we've guys? Obviously, he was in the Wyatt yes, family? Yes, he was, oh. he was the four. He later. Was the uh, later, later. Oh, yeah. okay. He was the, they added, was they the added him later. It would be as if, like, we've seen that, obviously, like Matt Riddle and Matt Mitrione debuted in the UFC. Uh, but they, of course, had... Like Matt Riddle was a big, uh, and they both came from the Ultimate Fighter. This is this would be as if someone got like Biggie signed NXT, got his uh, did a lot of work on that, uh, learned how to work on television, and then made his debut. That was not Braun Strowman's case. Alistair Black, of course, uh, former Tommy N independent wrestler from the UK, uh, from Holland and the Netherlands. So I think he'll be fine. I think he'll get scooped up real quick. Uh, he also is a very pretty talented kickboxer. He used to post a lot of videos of him hitting mitts and bags and all that kind of stuff. So. Maybe he wants to do a little bit of both. Uh, that'd be fun too. He has fan. He has fantastic tattoos. I am uh, beyond jealous that he the amount of Paul Booth tattoos he has. Paul Booth is a man that free free hands tattoos. He doesn't put a stencil down. He I just he was, goes. I thought he was the mall cop. Close enough. Uh, okay. Paul Booth. Uh, I think you're thought, thinking of Paul Blart. Oh, my bad. My bad. Uh, that <laughs> is played by Kevin James. Good segue. Lot, big time MMA fan. Uh, Combat sports. In, here here <laughs> comes the boom. Paul Booth freestyles tattoos, though. So if you just want like a demonic looking thing and you have no idea what it's going to look like, go to him. But it's like a seven year wait. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick on How, this. Go ahead, Casey. Because I don't keep up with WWE and like kind yeah. of the inside baseball of, of WWE. But like, are these releases based on 
so, they're just not good enough no, or is it money no. or is it so we think here there's a there's i think the biggest theory that i've seen right on twitter because i've i looked at this pretty briefly is they've, they've been releasing a lot of wrestlers as of the last few months mm-hmm. uh usually there's a big there's a big clean house after wrestlemania but like not this many big names in such a short amount of time they also wiped out the wwe network now that they're on peacock and they're doing a bunch of stuff on a and e uh, they've also taken a ton of past episodes of Raw and footage and stuff off of Peacock. It's like kind of the the Attitude Era stuff. Uh, all, a lot of these wrestlers they've been releasing were back when the beginning of the pandemic, when the WWE locked them up for years in massive contracts. I think they're going to sell a big chunk of the WWE. Just my idea. That's what it my theory. That's what it feels like because they're trying to get some money back and then sell it. And maybe there's going to be a different product, but I have no idea because some of these don't make any sense to me. Some of them I do get like people were very, people were very upset about Samoa Joe being released, but he was hurt all of the time. So I get that one. There's, there's also been some uh, shakeup at the top. It's no secret. Our our man, our man, Damon Martin was tweeting about it a little bit earlier today. I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know if I want to name names, start slagging people in public, but uh, suffice to say there was some change at the top with like a former ESPN executive kind of getting some power at the WWE. And they're wondering if, you know, he was kind of handing down some like, you know, all to any, any company, again, I want to relate to the broader uh, combat sports thing is any company when there's new management, you know, uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't come down. Suddenly it doesn't come down to necessarily what Vince McMahon has to say or necessarily what Dana White has to say. Everyone answers to somebody. So, you know, these releases in these in these companies happen for a reason. Right. So uh, Damon was saying that this was someone he used to work for at Fox Sports. Close used to work at ESPN now works at the, at the uh, WWE. And according to Damon, uh, not not fond of this particular executive and uh, is not surprised that some talented people um, may have gotten hurt in the wake of this, of this man's hiring. So guys, how do we get, let's again, to steer you more towards MMA. How do we get Braun Strowman in Ryzen? How do we, for, for, oh. for guys who are, I know there's listeners who don't care about pro wrestling at all. Just Google Braun Strowman and just look at this guy. I need he's him in man. there with like, I, he's a large man. I need him in there with Akabono. I need him in there with Bob Saf. I need him in Myers. there with. No, just, no, here's what you do. Here's no. what you do. So oh, the, go ahead. Braun, Strow- yeah. Braun Strowman, before yes. he was in the WWE, was a high, like he was a decorated strongman. Mm-hmm. What other decorated strongman do we have in an in a MMA organization right now? So it's only a matter of time uh, if you, before we get Marius Pujanowski versus <laughs> Braun Strowman. That's how you do it. Oh, that would be, oh, that would be K- KSW. Oh, my God. They would kill to have Braun Strowman headline one of their shows. They love, love, love guys. That, but, I'm on about Braun Strowman uh, yeah. versus Minimal Man. Minimal Man's got sure. Oh, let's do it. Minimal Man, Minimal Man would kill him. I know. It's not even fair. It's not even fair. Yeah. yeah. Braun Strowman also has some terrible tattoos. <laughs> Atrocious tattoos. Don't hurt yeah. me. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Always fun to talk. Wrestling. Terrence Leverett on Twitter in celebration oh. of two years. Good lord! Please tell You're us your love here, Demon Slayer season one and the movie. So go for it. No I'll spoilers. talk about. I will talk about Demon Slayer at nauseum to the point where we're going to lose a ton of listeners, and I know our listeners don't probably don't care about anime as do my fellow co-hosts right now. Hey, so we can chat. We, we can chat about manga. it later. Manga. Dem- well, this is a good manga. Demon Slayer is basically this generation's. Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, like that type of thing. It is a uh, very straightforward, like hero's quest with his pals uh, narrative. 
You know how like you get the group of young people who go on their quest and uh, there is a end goal on like Dragon Ball Z where it was in arcs and they're like learning like powers and there's cool fight scenes. The animation is fantastic. The movie uh, is to bridge the gap between seasons one and two, which is why it was it blew up so big in Japan. Uh, because season one was so fantastic that when it ended, it went into the movie. So people flocked to go see the movie ahead of season two. There have been some shows that try to do that, like Naruto's try to do it, Dragon Ball Z's tried to do it. Uh, but this one, I think, just kind of hit it on the head uh, where it ended and then the movie came out right away. Um, so if you are into the uh, basic tropes of anime, of the hero's quest and like learning like powers and fight scenes and everything, Demon Slayer is this generation's... Uh, top top pick i think and I is this is this on is this on netflix now that's another reason yeah, yeah. It, that's another reason it, it blew netflix. up over here right they started yeah, they started streaming it right right i remember that's when mm-hmm. i started that's what i'm watching right now it. i'm watching demon slayer season one on netflix oh, and i'm not a big, I'm, I'm not an anime dude but i'm halfway through season one and i really enjoy it it's good it's very good the uh like the action scenes are awesome digging the storylines um I just met, is, i just met the uh guy of the boarhead now or whatever Ooh. it is a uh uh, it's a very it is but again if you don't like anime tropes of like you know it's very much like it i'm not calling it cookie cutter by any means but it's very much like the the naruto one piece dragon ball z style things it's not like if you want lore like attack on titan it's not that I'm currently binging uh, on Netflix season one of Dawson's Creek. So if there's any uh, season one, or the whole show, I should say, I've only got through season one. If there's any season one Dawson's Creek related questions, please uh, fire away in the YouTube and we'll, I'll answer. Or, watching, or, or hit, me uh, on, hit me on Twitter. Hit me on Twitter. I'll answer privately. Sing the song. Show, so, yeah. They changed the song for the Netflix version. Really? They, they, didn't, they, didn't have the right, yeah, they didn't have the rights for the song in perpetuity. So now it's a Jan Ooh, Arden song. That makes me mad. <laughs> I have never song. seen it. I've never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek, but I know that I've heard the song at least. Uh, it's a it's 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 a show of a time. Let me put it that way. It's a, of a time. Who are they? Holy who, crap! Okay. It, who are the main? Is it James Vanderbeek? Is that James the, Vanderbeek? Katie uh, Holmes. Katie Holmes. Four-time four Academy Award nominee Michelle Williams and uh, and Canadian Canada's own Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Shut up, Joshua Jackson. All right, we should. Talk about some MMA. All right. At some point. At some point. Oh, thank you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm very much. Well done, Jose and ASI crew. Thank you for all of you. Looking forward to the shows every week. Well, uh, I hope you guys tune in every week. Okay. Let's go to some questions. Here we go. <laughs> Jack no, Levy. Not, to, not, not today. Not today. Obviously, Are you guys we... doing a celebration? So, coincidentally enough, right. the AK's birthday doesn't fall on the two year anniversary of the Yeah, AK I know. Show. Weird, right? So weird. Yeah, it's the only day. Yeah, odd. Yeah, it's so weird. So yeah, it's it's very bizarre. All right. Oh, Azan Zaman on Twitter is the UFC trying to get rid of Yair? He has been a very hard fighter to deal with. Thoughts on? Oh well, we'll talk about that one first. So is the is recently announced uh, Yair Rodriguez is returning after? Oh man, it's been it's clearly been more than a year. His last fight was the Jeremy Stevens fight, if I remember correctly, right? In Boston. And that was the rebooked fight from their fight in Mexico. Jeremy Stevens has fought like what three times since then? And Yair hasn't. I feel like at one point he was like real he was on the short list for like one more win title fight. But I feel like the rest of the division's kind of passed him at this point because of the activity. He's now returning against Max Holloway, uh, which I don't hate it. Didn't see that fight coming whatsoever. Uh, but it feels weird now that Yair and Zabit 
are kind of in this weird place where they're not active and now all of a sudden they're getting these big fights. But AK, uh, what are your thoughts on Yair Rodriguez's return against Max Holloway? And is the UFC trying to get rid of him? Yeah, I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of the fight. Look, it's not, it wasn't probably my number one choice for either guy, uh, but I'm a fan of the fight. I, I was sort of into, I know, uh, I know, you know, our, our, my cat had been pushing, wanting to see Max Holly fight Justin Gaethje, which is a dream fight. Hopefully we get that someday, but I never really thought, I didn't think that was necessarily going to be next or necessarily happen this year. And then, uh, you know, Holloway versus the uh, Ike or Zombie, something like that could have worked too. So there was, there was other options, but uh, the only reason it's hard to figure out like when, when Yair was going to get a fight like this is we just don't know when Yair is ever going to get a fight because again as sort of is mentioned in the question there's injury problems it looks like there's sometimes problems with negotiating fights negotiating certain opponents uh, do I think that this is a way of the UFC to get rid of him I I don't that wasn't my read of, of this match at all because uh, I think when you're trying to get rid of someone you don't give them a fight against and the main like, event. A main event. And if, he, like one and of if the he wins, like he'll get a freaking yeah. title shot. That doesn't make any right. sense. I don't get it. It's it, you, you can't be as I mean as confident as they might be that Holloway beats him. I don't think it'd be Holloway beats him and they would use it as an excuse to fight. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it can't happen. I, let, let, let me put it this way. If he were if he were if he did lose to Holloway and was released for whatever reason, I'd be like, okay, we kinda again, we kinda talked about at the beginning of the show. Nobody is safe. Uh, fortunately. Um, so yeah, there could be other reasons. Uh, could be he's a high price tag as well uh, that, that they don't want to work with anymore. But but no, but the ma- but the making of the match itself, I do not see as like them subtly trying to push Yair. And I think it's a great opportunity for Yair. A uh, good fight for Max, who just wants to stay busy. He's happy to fight anybody. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. I don't, I don't think the UFC wants to, is in necessarily a hurry to get rid of, out of the uh, El Pantera business. It's a great fight. I don't, I, I, I got, I didn't understand the the hate for this fight at all. The only weird thing is Max staying at 45. Um, basically kind of just Max doesn't gain anything from this fight other than a paycheck. And well, it was a very tough fight, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I did like them. I did like the idea of Max going to 55 and just having a fun fight, kind of like, you know, Anderson Silva, when he went to 205, just kind of fights like that. Um, while, you know, the 45 um, belt is tied up on tough, but um, no, I fight rules. Yeah, you're incredibly good. He's still top five, and the idea he's very—he's a hard fighter to deal with. I don't get that. I mean, Jeremy Stevens is is injuring fighters before the fight. I mean, that seems like a hard fighter to deal with. But <laughs> I think Yair's man, it's, it's a good fight. It's a tough fight. Yair's only who's Yair lost to Frankie Edgar, and yeah, that's all. In the, that's, that's the only fight. That's the only fight he's lost <laughs> yeah, to yeah, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, Yair is historically difficult to deal with according to Dana White. He's sure. turned he he's been cut, remember? That weird time when he was cut because he turned down a ton of fights. He also uh got a USADA suspension for failing to notify where he was three different times. So he got mm. the three strikes you're suspended thing. So I'm not saying he's taking drugs. Like because when he got the USADA suspension, I think you see that a lot of people think he's taking steroids. No, he just didn't update his whereabouts, which is, you know, if they show up and you're not there three different times you get suspended and that is a violation. So historically, Yair has been uh, not the easiest to deal with in terms of matchmaking because A, they've matched him up against a beat how many times? Five or six. And it's just never <laughs> happened because someone is hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. He's turned down a ton. Like after he lost but, to Frank Yedger, after he lost from? to Frank Yedger, he, what, what's up? Who do we hear this from there? Who are we hearing this from? When I worked at Fansided in Chicago, the MMA, because he trained at MMA, in Chicago, he trained a few in Chicago a bit. A lot of people thought that he uh, 
he would just kind of disappear for a long time. I'm not saying he that was difficult, but people just like, I have no idea what he is doing with his fight career right now. And that was around the time he got cut. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the UFC. He's the, he's also the highest ranked fighter, not matched up yeah, besides yeah. Max Holloway. So yeah, I don't exactly. hate this. I don't hate this fight whatsoever. I'm just, I was surprised that he got this fight because he, the last thing we heard from him is he hurt his ankle. So he pulled out of the Zabit fight and then he got suspended by USADA and it just, I thought he would get a lower ranked fighter uh, after coming off of the USADA suspensions, but I don't hate it. I love this fight as a high level mar mixed martial arts yeah. competition. It just caught me <laughs> off guard because they're, yeah. but again, like featherweight is so good. Like if they did Yair Arnold, Allen, I would be yeah, fine. With that. Yeah. They did Yair Edson Barbosa, Yair Giga Chikadze. I would be fine with any of those fights. It's good for Max Holloway getting a paycheck, uh, a big, probably a big paycheck. It's five round fight uh, in Las Vegas. So good on everyone involved. But to me, this is just, but to me, the booking of this says just the opposite. When it's the, the question is, the UFC trying to get rid of Yair? No, you don't put him in a main event against Max Holloway if you're trying to get rid of the guy. Like, this is like, if Yair wins, he's he's going to get the next title shot. I think this person is asking, like, because Max Holloway has looked pretty much unstoppable against anyone not named Volkanovski at Featherweight, which you could even argue he beat yeah. Volkanovski. We don't need to say that. Maybe they're, this is the last fight of his contract, and if he loses, that's it for him, and they're just out of the Yair Rodriguez game. But if he wins... Uh, they all suddenly have another superstar in their hand. So maybe it's a win-win for the UFC. That's just me speculating because none of us know the actual answer. I'm just trying to yeah. rationalize this this yeah. question that he's asking. Yeah. It, look, if for some reason this does turn, like let's say, let's say Yair loses and he parts ways with the UFC after, we know it's for reasons beyond his performance because he is yeah. a oh, top yeah. five, top, top eight featherweight. So, so the question does have some like does have some basis to it. Like, I, yeah, but we're basing it sure. on is a big if the UFC gets rid sure. of Yair, and they haven't they haven't sure. indicated that. Hey, no, UFC released we're not, we're not UFC released Cain Velasquez <laughs> one time so. again. We're not trying to rationalize the possibility of getting released. <laughs> I'm trying to rationalize this specific question. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. To us. Uh, so if, sure. if Yair is released, it's not because he's not a top five fighter. It's probably for reasons outside of octagon stuff. Anyway, thoughts mm -hmm. on the first tough twenty nine episode? Right, hold on. Feel we're, like we're gonna we're gonna but, we got we have other questions that we're not gonna actually. I'm gonna go to the oh, okay. Uh, and besides, we yeah, need to was, we need to build up to that. Yeah, we, we need gotta, to build up to that question because I, I know I know we all watched it. I know you guys watched. I know we all watched it. Uh, and Stop we all it. have okay, a lot okay, of. Okay, we're gonna get to it later. Okay, sorry. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. But like, I see, I see a lot of comments going, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's ducking Zabit." Yeah, you don't duck Zabit to face Max Holloway. That's like, also, I'm like, what? yeah, he got what he wanted. <laughs> Zabit's also not healthy right now. His coach yeah. came out and said he was dealing with something serious, yeah. like well, not not fight injury related, like health related. Get better, Zabit. All right, here we go. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
Return of Toph from Muff oh. Daddy. Congrats on two years, fellas, in honor of the return of the of the Ultimate Fighter last night. Just curious what season of the Ultimate Fighter other than season one you have the most fond memories of. <laughs> I specify other than season one because that's typically everyone's default. And do you think Tough lives on past this current season? Watching it last night, the concept feels just seems so dated. I think Tough can still work as a show. They just have to make some major changes to evolve, especially with the contender series being a thing now. So I'm going to let AK take this. Uh, side note, I didn't watch any television yesterday whatsoever. So I missed all the NBA games. I missed the ultimate fighter, missed everything. I unplugged and went hiking in Northern Arizona because everyone just needs one of those wow. days now and then. So I didn't do anything electronic related whatsoever with a screen. So AK, what were your thoughts on the return of the ultimate fighter? It's a shame that you were, probably thinking about ultimate fighter 29 season premiere the whole yeah. time i hope it didn't spoil, i hope it didn't spoil your outing i was on a mountain screaming the ultimate fighter is back <laughs> <laughs> oh well first of all I, people uh, anyone who watches has seen in any of our shows knows i love the ultimate fighter i'm a junkie i i'll admit i probably missed a couple of seasons i know i didn't see the you missed the, the one seasons, season not game. episodes I'm not going to lie. I'm embarrassed. Junkie. You just skipped a whole season. I know. I, look, I'm, I'm, I am not, I will not tell people I am the definitive Ultimate Fighter guy, that there's other people who definitely have a more thorough knowledge of the series than me, but I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, I, I know the ins and outs of, I've definitely watched, I'll say this, I haven't watched all the seasons. I've definitely watched almost all the seasons that almost nobody else watched. That's, there you go. That, there's a good way of putting it. Tough, tough the smashes. Tough Nations. Tough China is the only one I, I didn't see, and I don't know if it's on Fight. No, I think it is on Fight. Which one? Which Tough one? China with Kung it, Lee and it, it's called, else. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, what's so, his name? So t- Tough, chi- the, tough, tough China, Shang or the Ultimate Fighter China, was um, Kung Lee was not one of the coaches. He was the Dana White figure. So oh, he was like right. the was, okay. And then they had they had two different coaches, and one, it was one Jang of the and oh, Halen Naao or something like that. He had no UFC experience, and they let oh, they he let they made him leave after like three episodes. And <laughs> Kung Lee brought his own team in to coach because okay. it was so out of control. Bad. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So, you can go read it. There's a very interesting article on a past Kung Lee interview on MMAfighting.com. Oh, there we go. Talking about that season. Okay, but anyway, uh, Top Twenty Nine. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it. But for anyone who has been watching the show the last time it was on in 2018 and any of the seasons before that, it was it was literally exactly the same. I think one change they made. Someone mentioned this in the MMA fighting comments. Uh, was that they added in like more music during some of like just some background? Yeah, because I, I noticed this too. I don't know if it was just louder or if it was placed in a different way. But that's the only difference I noted that they had some background music for some scenes where normally it would just be like quiet and people like exercising and doing dialogue and stuff. So other than that, exactly the same. Um, some people are saying I saw our, our, our colleague, our buddy, Mike, he said, um, oh, it's been the same for like 10 years. And I'm like, no, they've they've made little changes here and there. Like I like when they, they get the two fighters uh, who are fighting and then they go back to show like the footage they filmed before the show, talking about their lives and stuff. I thought there's a very smart reality show type change. Um, they upgraded sort of the, the quality of the, the testimonials, like how they look. They did that like back in the, the John Jones, Chelsonen season. So normally there's like incremental but noticeable changes they, they literally changed nothing uh, between this uh, season 29 and season 28. I, if you had, if they had thrown this episode in the middle of season 28, I wouldn't have noticed like the difference. I would have been like, Oh, okay. I must, this is just the next episode of that season. So, so that was a little disappointing for me. I, I know it's kind of cool. I know we watch the ultimate fighter for what it is. It's familiar. We understand the format, but just like a, any sort of change, something would have been nice, but it was, it was very traditional. Um, so again, I, I enjoyed it. But if you, if you're someone who's tuned out of the ultimate fighter, 
you would have no no reason to come back. No, there was question. nothing new or fresh to, to try. Question, to question: Is this the first season in the Apex? Not at the Tough Gym. Yeah, yeah. So that's the difference. They're, the fights are at the Apex. They're doing the training at the Apex. I think that was the one big thing. Dana no, well, White they're, they're training at the they're training at the PI now, uh, right? Not the at, PI, rather than just the regular Tough Gym. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing I think Dana White was kind of pushing at the beginning of the episode during his, you know, classic pre-tough speech was like, for the first time, we got we got we got state of the art, you know, uh, facilities for these guys to work out in. It's just nothing but train all day, which I mean is kind of what they did in anyway. They got to show off the PI. So like it wasn't state of the art before. It was just what? What was it before? <laughs> I mean, it was state. It was state of the art is a relative term, Casey. It was state of the art in like 2014. Now this is state of the art for 2020. Why am I doing the UFC's PR? What do I? What, what's going happening right now? <laughs> I missed it. I missed. I missed the whole episode. Um, uh, well, th- well, there's other parts of the question where you guys can will probably want to jump on. What's your? your uh, favorite, what do you? Th- uh, what? Uh, what? What's yeah. your Casey? I, Casey doesn't watch the Ultimate Fighter. No, AK, what's I your did. favorite season? What's your favorite season? AK. Oh, my favorite? Yeah. yeah. What's your most memorable <laughs> oh, well, I, Like I said, not including one, like you said, as, as Muff Daddy mm-hmm. said here, one is a pretty good answer. Uh, I like, I'm fine with both seasons 10, the heavyweights, of course, which I think mm-hmm. most people would be their number two answer. Uh, and I also have a sick part of me that loves season six, widely regarded as the worst season, uh, or at least one of the worst seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. That was the Sarah Hughes, Matt Sarah, and, and uh, Matt Hughes. Yeah, yeah. The two best seasons were... Uh, when they debuted the fifteen, uh, the one fifteeners, when um, Carla, yes. Carla, when Carla mm-hmm. fought. Uh, yeah, Rose. One, that's Rose. that's one yeah. of the few seasons I watched. Great I've season. watched the I've watched the, 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 the season. Quality, and the, the quality of the fighters in that house were. Yeah. I think that's tough. I think from top 20. to bottom, I think Angela Hill's like number sixteen too. Like much like you know um, Brandon Marino was number sixteen or whatever. I think the mm-hmm. quality of those uh, the fighters in that house was just the best. I don't even remember who the coaches were that year. Who were the coaches? That was uh, Gilbert and Pettis. Yeah, that wasn't even important. Oh, yeah. That's one of the few years where like the coaches were not important at all. It was actually about mm-hmm. the the, no. the people and the the actual contestants, the fighters. And the my second favorite season was. Um, because the coaching matchup was real beef and the quality of the fighters were in there were very good was, um, Bisbing and Mayhem. That was a great, really season. that's, that is a very underrated season because that was the debut of the 45 and 35ers. Yeah. And those Mayhem and Bisping are, in it, John Dodson, yeah. a lot of great fighters in that. B- in that. Bisping and Mayhem were fantastic coaches. Yep. Like, oh, so fantastic. Good. Like there's a lot of fighters that you would like. John Jones was a bad coach, but it's like if Michael Jordan was a coach, it's just hard to teach when you're just naturally good at something. I think mm-hmm. Tito Ortiz was a really good coach on like the earlier season. He was. Um, he was. But then like Ken Shamrock, who remember he had like the lion's den. He was like the best gym in the world. Terrible coach. Terrible, terrible coach. So <laughs> yeah, couldn't um, translate that to what the it, show. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, don't know if I'll watch, but, but I. But, the, but the, the Miller, the Miller Bisping season is a perfect example of what like them doing something different because that was. Uh, I mean, Miller. I should say, Jason Miller had one UFC fight back, mm-hmm. back, 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 back in the day. He fought GSP. And yeah. I think that was it, right? I think he had the one UFC yeah, fight, right? Yeah, one, yeah. One I, could, I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then went, of yeah, course, by another organizations, fully beat down, built up his own brand. It's very, like, cool, kind of, cool, cro- almost like, almost a crossover. Yeah, this, like is, this, was post, this was post after he did his run in Dream, after he did his run in uh, <laughs> Force, the Brawl, all that stuff. Yeah. But I love that they brought him in because I'm like, this is what I, I wish they would focus on bringing coaches who will be good 
coaches and good TV personalities, as opposed to just, we have two guys who are set to fight. Let's put like what we were doing with Ortega and Volkanovski, two guys who I, I'm telling you could not care less about being on the show. Uh, and just because they have a fight coming up, it's like, oh, can we, can we do extra build by having them on a reality show for two months, which is insane. Uh, no, I'd much rather they go with someone like bring in a Jason Miller, uh, maybe not now, but I'm saying that kind of personality who's like, oh, okay, he's not, he's not a big UFC name, but guess what? He knows how to be on TV. Mm-hmm. He knows how to create compelling television. Bring back Chel Sonnen and put Matt Sarah back on TV. I'd love these guys as coaches, but we don't have to worry about a fight. Like that. So that's one thing. Again, I, I'd always, I always harp on them. They should change. But. So if you could pick someone outside the UFC to debut via the Ultimate Fighter, who would you pick as a Ken, coach? Kenneth Harrison. Damn. Wow. And Amanda that's Nunes very or whatever, something like that. Yeah, that'd Harrison. be crazy. That'd be, that would be very interesting too because they're both ATT fighters. So you have yeah. to try to figure out what goes on there. Oh, I'll go with. I mean, I think sure. MVP. I think I think MVP would MVP. be a great. I, MVP, MVP was going to be one. Oh. Of my, MVP was yeah. one of my picks. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that'd be a fun Kayla, one. MVP. Yeah. Uh, there's a few of them. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting some names. I, but, think uh, I think James Gallagher would be a very interesting one because he's, uh, sure. you know, he's a strong okay. personality and he's at Krause's gym, so that's like great coaching staff. And he's a interesting people would be so mad. People would be yeah. so mad. Oh, if James 100%. Gallagher got a coach. Got a coach. How old is he? How old is James Gallagher? Twenty three, twenty four. He's on twenty. He was at. He was at. He was at UFC in Houston because um, he had a bunch. He had like teammates fighting, so he was always around with Kraus, and I think he he. So him and Kraus had to like enter with the like the public to watch the ceremonial weigh-ins, and I think Kraus went up. This is what I saw like my peripherals. Like James Kraus was talking to John Morgan. He's like, "How do I get in?" He goes, "I'm sure they could get you in. They definitely won't let him in." And it was like because James Gallagher was in. Like they couldn't just sneak James Gallagher through the side with James Kraus because you know. Bellator fighter, but he was around. So yeah, uh, okay. so yeah, love, love, yeah. Go ahead, Casey. But back to this question: this whole mm. the, the the season one is season one. Is it just is it actually really good? Oh yeah. Or is it just like the me- or kind of, or just n- overly nostalgic no, about it? It's it's super entertaining because everything is new and that because it's just because everything was new. No, nah, it's, it's entertaining even now. They also have they had like weird like contests like games and stuff oh, so good like they had we're like somehow, we're somehow nobody got injured run. no somehow I no, know. And these these contests were like really physically like exer- like they were really physically dangerous somehow yeah. no one ever got injured on the show i, I do not know how but they both also, that and also uh, yeah go ahead. the ultimate fighter one if you lost you left the house <laughs> which is obviously <laughs> instead of yeah because people forget people forget they, those guys didn't even know that they were going to fight on the show. They all thought, oh, we're going to fight on the finale. Like, it's just two guys are going to make it to the finale and fight for a yeah. contract. It wasn't until like a few episodes in where, like, where Dana was like, yeah, you know, you guys, well, we've done some reality show contests, but and now you guys could pick someone, two guys to fight. And they're like, what? What we're fighting? Like, how's that even legal? How's that, <laughs> like, how's that legal? Like, a bunch of, a bunch of people weren't even like on weight. Uh, like, some like some fighters they got voted off didn't even fight they just got voted no, off and they just no, left without no. ever fighting so <laughs> season one is so funny to watch because of this the tomfoolery happening wait so 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 by the end of the season was there, were there just two people living in a big yeah. ass house yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah. just two but it was season, less it, it was less yeah. people yeah season three is when they started to keep the, sh- the fighters around which is the one big right one. like yeah maybe we should keep them around to help train <laughs> instead of or kicking like, them uh, out season two was that famous montage of like uh to like to try the workout to get in the house because like remember they had to like they were all in the house but it was like they had to yeah. pick 
Well, instead yeah. of having them like show their jujitsu and grappling, they'd be like, go run 10 miles on this treadmill <laughs> as fast as you can. Cause like they wanted to see that. And I remember interviewing Rashad Evans. I was like, cause this is back when Rashad was still like top of the UFC light heavyweight division. And he was training with rumble and rumbles on the rise and like, we'll never fight each other. I was like, <laughs> You have a choice between fighting Anthony Johnson or going through that workout to get on the ultimate fighter. What would you do? He goes, oh, I'm fighting my team. I'm fighting my friend every day of the week because that was so brutal to watch. Like people were like passing out just to get in the house. Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, look, the, the, the show now is so much more well organized, so much better produced, yeah. it, it just, yeah. more, just more logical. But man, it is it is lacking something. There's uh, no chaos, uh, less- right? There's no chaos. How about that? We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it was only you episode say it's one. It's so well produced. It's so there. You know, the, that's the problem with tough. I feel like you can close your eyes and know yeah. each exact shot that's going to come yes. next. And, that, yes. that's, yeah. and that's the problem. Yep. There's, there's zero chaos to it. It's like, oh, like, so. I We've talked a lot about the ultimate fighter. Okay. Okay. All right. We can move on. I'm not into it. Every Tuesday night, people, ESPN Plus, TSN in Canada. All right. Let's talk about go. something way more important. Uh, Jake finally. Frickin Paul. Who asked this question? I want to give them credit. Oh, no. I, oh, I cut the name off. I don't even know who asked it. I apologize. I don't know who asked this question. It's on the site. <laughs> Let's get it. straight to it. it. Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. I fully expected Jake to box more retired grapplers, wrestlers from the MMA world. However, however, I have to say this is a very ballsy move. Even Bisman came out and said he was offered the fight. Respect to Jake, who's trying to fight legit guys. However, should Jake have taken a more suitable fight before take, fight, taking someone on like Woodley? Is this too much too soon? So, yes, for those of you living under a rock, Jake Paul is now going to box former UFC welterweight champion Tyron Woodley. He's also the betting favorite, which I think a lot of people were very surprised at. I don't really, I don't, I guess if you're like, if you remember what Tyron Woodley has done in his UFC career, it might be surprised. But like, when's the last time he won a fight? On it, like, I can't. Woodley? Was it the oh, was it goodness. the Maya? No, it was Darren Till. The last time he won a fight was against Darren Till when he submitted him. His best performance, uh, his best maybe his best performance of his whole UFC career too. Without a doubt, yeah, without, uh, without a doubt. If you're taking September everything, if you're taking all of the uh, like, obviously the Koscheck knockout was fantastic. The um, Jay Haran was at his first fight. The knockout was fantastic, but like it was like a UFC main event. Hadn't fought in a long time. Darren Till was the man. He, he submitted him with the dart show, got his black belt, and didn't even smile the entire time. He was so frustrated that fight week in Dallas. Um, but yeah, knocks a lot of people out. He's also this is fight is also 190 pounds. Uh, that's cr- that's uh, that's the big thing to me. That's yeah. the big thing. It's 190 pounds. Uh, what I don't know the exact rules because they haven't have they been announced. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a professional boxing match. I'm not sure about yeah. how many rounds and things like that, but it will. I be, believe it'll be judges. Believe, it'll be, uh, it's, not, it's not an exhibition match. It's not an no, exhibition no, no, match. no. And there's, I believe, if Jake Paul loses, he gets an immediate rematch. I think I saw that on Twitter. Like he was trying to add that to the contract. Uh, good on Tyron because dude hits hard, <laughs> but I've never seen him in a boxing match. Uh, Jake Paul is how old? 24, 25, whatever. And Tyron, Tyron is a lot closer like to 40. Is a lot closer to 40. So this is, I don't understand the confusion over Jake Paul being the betting favorite in a boxing match, considering he's the one that's been boxing and winning and is substantially younger and taller and heavier than Tyron Woodley. Um, I'm very interested. I do, but as I said, Tyron Woodley hits really hard. Like his, what is his overhand is very, very dangerous. So good on Jake Paul for fighting a former UFC champ that hits really hard and is very explosive. 
I'm very curious to see how explosivity translates to boxing when there's no takedowns. Um, I'm interested in seeing Ty Winley box too. But Casey, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's it's kind of rules for uh, both gentlemen. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jake Paul. I mean, this is a very tough fight for even for even was he three and two and four and something like that. He's three and Big jump, big jump up in competition. But it's a Huge. smart, it's, it's a smart jump up because he has the he is he's gonna have a big size advantage. He, he actually has a an experience advantage in, in 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 boxing competition. I don't necessarily think he's actually sparred more boxing rounds than Tyron Woodley in his life but you know but Woodley is always the boxing was always still the it was set up around his wrestling so this could be really mm-hmm. interesting to see how Woodley boxes without the threat of the takedown because that's the whole thing about wrestlers you don't got to be a great striker you just got to be a good wrestler and all of a sudden your striking gets so much exponentially better no I take on Johnny Hendricks's best example um mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't that he was a great striker but like you were so scared of his takedowns that those hands drop and that overhand comes over and boom. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great matchup. I actually like it. Um, yeah. And great on Woodley. Woodley. I mean, I'm assuming it's true. Woodley said this is going to be, he's, he expects to make his highest purse he's ever made in his career after, after losing one, two, three, four fights in a row, you know? So, uh, good on Woodley. That's all. Um, uh, I, I expect Jake to win, but uh, yeah, good on Woodley. What, what, I, what I still think is weird from guys like Woodley, and I, I know they're talking crap, but like he, I saw an interview, I think, with Helwani, or Helwani posted it, but like saying, oh, I'm going to get Jake Paul, I'm going to get rid of him, you know, all this stuff. It's like, why? He's giving you the highest purse ever. You should like beat him up and go, let's do it again, please. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, why, why do MMA fighters want to get rid of guys like Jake Paul? Jake Paul is like, Putting their kids through college. I don't get it. So <laughs> I hate how good Jake Paul is at, yeah. at, at this, at whatever we want to call this whole, you know, thing he's it's called doing. being a prize. It's, it's called being a prize fighter. He is, right. Look, I, I don't like Jake Paul first. Jake Paul as a human being does not seem like a good person. That's, you know, that's a usual disclaimer, but as a business person and as someone who can, who's honestly for me, g- generates interest in these weird fights I'm um, um, just amazing. I, I, I want to see this fight. I agree. It is such a logical step up from Askren. It's like, okay, so first I beat a former MMA champion, but not a UFC champion, a guy who fought in the UFC. Guess what? So, so people can say what they want. Oh, you beat an MMA guy, but not a UFC champion. Oh, guess what? He's a UFC champion. I lined him up. Oh, you fought a guy who's like, you know, retired. He's Ben Askren. He's not, he's not in the greatest shape. You know, if someone had never heard of Ben Askren, they just saw a picture, especially the shape he was in before this fight, like not even in MMA shape. People are like, this guy's going to get killed. You know, most people who were smarter than me were like, this guy's going to get killed. Look at him. If you look at Tyron Woodley, he's still, dude, he's he is in he is in insane shape. He is, he's in such good shape. Yeah, Say what you want to get him being out of his fighting prime, physically and athletically. He looks incredible. I, I bet there's a lot of things he could still do that most guys his age would struggle with. He he, he looks fantastic. Uh, it's it's just such a smart, it's such a smart step up. I thought a pro wrestler would be next. But this is even better than that. This is someone who's been calling him out. There's already like a some so there's already some build there. This isn't some guy that he started. Like this is he's getting called out by a UFC champion. Yeah, and how can you? And there's a backstory too. There's a real backstory. It's not just a random champion. Say he was the guy. He was in the corner. The guy he just knocked out. They had the locker room footage. I mean, like he wasn't even just he wasn't even just in the corner. He was the guy that watched Jake Paul get his hands wrapped. You know, I'm boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's footage of him talking all this greasiness with Jake Paul's uh, team. Trainer, and he's like, yeah. 
train or well, one of his oh yeah, spar coaches, yeah. trainers and he was like and and tyron was like what's your name against man like he who what you, who are you and he's like i got my titles i don't even know who you are my man so it's uh yeah the storyline's there and good on everyone involved i understand jake paul <laughs> oh. is just a trash human and there's some allegations going on in his life that are abhorrent and if that is the if they are true then he probably shouldn't even be in society um but Let's see how that plays out. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get on time yes, yeah. getting, but just uh, what what we're talking about this in front of us is yes. like, and it, it's not, it's it's just he's so smart. And, and I'll tell you something: I have no problem with the odds because I said I'll I said after the loss to Covington, I think I said I cannot pick Tyron Woodley uh, in a fight ever again, and uh, I stand by that. I think I just think that there's an instinct there that is that is maybe gone or diminished. And when you get in there with guys who are like really trying to you know a, a younger hungry guys like again even like a Jake Paul. You're, you're really going to get hurt. So I'm, I'm totally down with the odds. I'm, I'm definitely um, pre for now. What are the odds, picking, what are the odds right now? Them. It's not like crazy, right? It's just favored. It's not like it's not like two to one or anything, I don't think, is it? Let me see. Our own Damon Martin had the odds. Okay, yeah. Take a quick look at that. But but if, if they were, I think two to one, if they, I don't think they are, I think it's like minus 150 or something. If yes, they were two to one, to close, that yeah. would be a little, yeah. Two to one would be a little absurd, but I don't have no, I have no problem with like a distinct favorite. Minus 150, distinct uh, favorite. I'm like, yeah. Jake Paul was minus 130, Tyron minus, yeah. Jake Paul minus 155, Tyron Woodley plus 125. Okay. So, so again, a, a favorite, but not a, not a massive favorite. And that's, that's fine. That's, 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 that's how it should be. It's interesting because um, I'm looking at Arawani's Twitter and he did, you know, just a fan poll. So these are MMA fans and 75% of MMA fans are picking Woodley. <laughs> so like they yeah. don't do, yeah. Because they've seen what he can do. Like in, in an MMA fights. And people are just curious to see how that trans, like uh, Tyron Woodley's never been a boxer by any means inside the UFC, but dude hits hard. Like he took the soul of Robbie Lawler and Josh Koscheck. Um, he he came this close to taking that soul of Luke too, like and and no he came and no close one, to take <laughs> he came close to taking the soul of Wonderboy in Madison Square Garden. That fight times, ruled yeah. the draw. Yeah. That draw. So, and then the Gaslin fight was whatever. That was a split. Um, beat Carlos caught on his legs until it yeah. ripped in half. So, great fighter. I just, I'm very curious. Even outside of the tomfoolery, I just want to see how time really does in a boxing match. Um, I think I, don't know. I think this is another smart call out. I don't know. I can't. I I just can't pick Woodley here. I think I think I well, I, I, I pick I pick Askren. I pick Askren. If anyone wants to remember, I picked Askren. So I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I think it's a, and I think the idea that Woodley is shot or whatever is I think that's really overplayed. I don't know. I don't think he's top ten, but I still think he's a top twenty welterweight for sure. I mean, I don't think he's shot. Like I think I mean, it's he, goes who, to what who he's lost to. He's lost to top yeah. five well, guys. And, yeah, I think it goes to what AK was saying earlier. Something just happened. Like I don't like. He just finds himself stuck against the fence and. Like we're all watching them. Like, why isn't he punching? Why isn't he doing this? Why? And even Tyron Woodley said that when he was, when he lost to Kamaru, he's like he had like a guy where he knew what to do, but his body wasn't doing it. So I just think there was something there. He also fought a bunch of specialists in a row, and then had to run into Kamaru Usman, who's a pretty well-rounded MMA fighter. Who Pro- people are arguing the, is, might be the greatest welterweight. Might ever, be the too. greatest. <laughs> but like Damian Ma- fought Stephen Thompson back to back, and then Damian Maya. You kind of know what's going to come with those guys, and then even for that Robbie Lawler, you're not really worried about a sh- takedown from Robbie Lawler. Same as Darren Till, and Darren Till did that. It was like that lead jab uppercut that he does a lot. 
And Ty Woodley goes, oh, I just, I know this is coming because he missed. He just timed it perfectly in that half second window. Usman, Burns, Covington, Luke are much harder to game plan against, obviously. Mm-hmm. But good on him for getting a bunch of money. Prize fight is the name of the game. Which, and it's gonna, what's going to be really in, another interesting factor about this, this isn't a thriller fight. This is going to be a Showtime boxing fight. Showtime. Showtime. So yep. this won't be the circus you know, that everyone's complaining about. This will actually be um, – I'm, I'm interested to see what the undercard is and everything. Um, we'll find out soon. But, uh, yeah, it's going uh, uh, to be a thing. But it's going to be a thing. But the black, but the black keys. Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Major Laser. So, Mount, so Weedy? Mount, 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 Mount Westmore. Westmore, yeah. Man, I need that spectacle. See, look at that. Uh, as soon as Showtime Boxing is like, they, and they, they have a boxing match and they bring out another boxing match, we're like, what is this? <laughs> whoa, whoa, he sli- settled down settled with the boxing down. guys. Take it easy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that, that question was from uh, MMJ 2K, MMG 2K20. Sorry. So thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. This is a we part two to this question from another, from another user. What kind of legacy will T would oh. have if he were to lose to Jake Paul from Four Corner Sports NY? Um, I think in the MMA world, everyone kind of considers him top five welterweight ever. Just, yeah. I don't think he's top two. You, I, the, I think the top two, the top three are GSP, Usman, and then you kind of get Matt Hughes, Tyron Woodley uh, conversations in there. I think in, if it's just MMA, Carl's Conda has to be up there as well um, just in terms of his career achievements in, in this sport. Um, but in terms of what T would, I think it depends on how he loses. If he gets, goes out there and loses in 35 seconds to Jake Paul, not the best look. But let's see how this plays out first. I say I'll say no change, no change. I, I don't think Askren's loss affects. I mean, Askren has maybe a, has. No, I don't think Askren uh, Askren's loss affects uh, his MMA career at all, or even his combat sports career. No, I don't think so. I I, I don't think any effect. I'll, I'll just yeah, that's my. Ben Askren, for all his accomplishments in combat sports, I don't think any any fighter has has been seen knocked out more in combat sports history than Ben Askren, combining. The Ben combining the Jake Paul knockout oh, oh, with the uh, Masvidal knockout. Yeah, we've never seen so, a fighter get sure. knocked out more than ben even Askren. the first the, the first whatever minute of the Robbie Lawler fight. <laughs> if you just took that clip, it's like this guy gets hit a lot. <laughs> yeah, but what, yeah. What, so but if T would if um, if Tyron Woodley loses Jake Paul, say he loses badly, does in terms of legacy, which legacy doesn't mean crap because legacy doesn't pay your bills, but if we're talking about legacy, does T. Wood run into this kind of hidden Burrell area? Oh, people are already doing that. People are already doing Where, that. Where like They're you just saying, really oh, just, how, remember Hinton oh, Brown was Howard Brown best? Yeah. And now he's just like, Hinton Brown wanted to be in the U- Hall of Fame. He, he's not going to make the UFC Hall of Fame because of his post-championship, you know, dip. I don't think, even when Hinton Brown was champion, he was like best ever. But as soon as he loses, like, he he's forgotten oh. about is T Wood in this Absolutely. area? Casey, Casey, people were doing that after the Gilbert Burns fight, man. People yeah. were, were going like, yeah, but how, how good was he really though? How good was he? Did he did he really face anyone like that good? Like da- Damian Myers, older, uh, yeah. gra- only grapple. Stephen Thompson's oh perfect perfect matchup for Woodley, which is like the opposite of what people were saying like before they yeah, fought. Coming I think into the fight, Thompson was like the, Thompson was a perfect matchup for him. But uh, I, you know, that's I think that's just classic sort of MMA. Reductionism, right? Is is when we see guys start to lose, we 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 look back and go, ah, oh, they got. I guess they weren't that good. I guess they weren't that good. So that's every uh, sport. That's, that's that. This is true. This is this is every sport, but it happens really fast in MMA. <laughs> yeah, like in Real combat deep. sports and in combat sports in general. Uh, yeah, people, as, soon as, you lo- as soon as you lose, people are like, well, were you ever really relevant? 
Yeah. It's a shame. All right. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. All right. Man, we got we had a lot of questions on Jake Paul and Woodley, um, but I'm going to skip those and go to this one. <laughs> the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Kevin Lee's move up to welterweight. I'm choosing to go down on site to MMA fighting. What do you think of Kevin Lee moving up to welterweight to face a fighter like Sean Brady? Lee said in a recent interview, he'll take Brady's spot in the top 15 of the welterweight rankings and will use his past experience, which will make the difference in the fight between the two. Do you think Lee will work his way up in contending for the welterweight title down the road? So it's, uh, yes, for those of you who aren't aware, Kevin Lee is moving up to welterweight again. I think this, how many fights has he had at welterweight? He's fought RDA. That's what it's. That's only the RDA, wasn't it? Is it the only RDA? Well, an RDA is base, was basically a lightweight that yeah, did so a weight. He, he, <laughs> he fought a lightweight at welterweight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Brady is a legitimate welterweight prospect with extremely high-level grappling and some of the best tattoos you'll see in MMA. Uh, props to Kevin Lee. He, dude doesn't take easy fights whatsoever. I mean, he, he like, like I said, Sean Brady is physically an actual welterweight. He's in the, he's also a prospect. He's in the prime of his physical career. Uh, I've just, I, I, I watched an interview with Kevin Lee from, uh, the Schmo and Helen Yee. I don't know if you saw even like clips of that or whatever. Kevin Lee looks huge like much bigger than he has. I feel like he's been taking this last year to just get physically bigger to move up to welterweight. But AK, what what are your expectations of one Mr. Kevin Lee at 170 pounds? Uh, not super high. Uh, I apologize to my cousin, Kevin Lee, super talented guy. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and I'm glad I'm, I, I had not seen him recently, so I did not know how much he's been bulking up uh, to get to 170. That's good to hear that he's had the time to do that. But even then, it's it's you know, it's you, it, I understand guys being able to bulk up, but there's always still a sort of functional ideal weight that you can compete at. And you can manipulate your body all you want. You're, you're once you hit a certain hit a certain threshold, it's kind of, you're not going to get the results you want. Like, like I'm an expert on this sort of thing, but I, again, <laughs> this is just based on sort of an, anecdotally what we've seen in the UFC and, and when we've seen guys go up go up in weight class. So you can have some success. I mean, it worked out for Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker, I would say, is not a big middleweight, uh, and he made it all. He won the UFC title. Uh, Gilbert Burns is, I would say, is a guy who did not love making 155. So him moving up to welterweight probably made sense. But also, you know not a massive welterweight and there we go he just competed for the title so could kevin lee follow a similar arc i don't know if he's quite as well-rounded um as some of the guys we mentioned we just mentioned i do always look at him as a grappler i know he has striking 
he had that great head kick of uh, of Gilbert Gillespie. Of course, you don't do that by having mediocre striking. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I could see him. I, I don't see him working his way to a title shot. Maybe fighting his way to the top ten. Yes, I think Brady is the a nightmare matchup to try and do it. I, I respect him for taking it because uh, Brady is ranked right now, undefeated, fourteen and zero, number thirteen ranked uh, in in the UFC right now. So that'd be a great spot for Kevin Lee to jump into. Uh, uh, even though and Kevin Lee, I think himself is 11th uh, or just outside the top 10 in the in the lightweight rankings. So a uh, matchup wise, again, everything makes sense. Um, I, I'm favoring Brady heavily, but I do understand the logic on the uh, Kevin Lee side for 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 deciding. Okay, I'm going to go with a guy who doesn't necessarily have a big name, but a lot of people are talking about him. And and if it's a grappling matchup, I think I can beat him. So uh, yeah, I have no problem with with uh, what what Kevin Lee is thinking here. I just don't necessarily think it's going to go his way. You know, it's interesting. You, you, we were kind of talking about, you know, uh, Kevin Lee versus Sean Brady, the prospect. They're the same age. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just wild. They're, they're the same age. Like, we've just Kevin, we, Kevin Lee has just been in so many high profile fights at such a young age that I, I was actually shocked when I saw Kevin Lee is only 28. Like, actually, Kevin Lee is like right in his athletic prime. He's getting it right now. Yeah, he lost to Charles Oliveira, you know, sometime last uh, a year ago, over a year ago. Oh yeah, over a year ago now. Um, man, it's a great fight. I like this. I like Kevin Lee going up. I think you know all those years at fifty five, he's just gained a lot of technical, you know, experience. You know, with his wrestling, just just learning all the MMA skills and techniques. That I think now he doesn't need that strength advantage. Maybe going to fifty five, I think all that technique now he can just focus now. Just fighting his best rather than making that 55 weight. So um super excited. I love I love I love vet versus prospect even though they're the same age. But uh yeah, it's cool. I don't know who's going to win. Um okay. but, uh, Kevin Lee was Kevin Lee was had already had two UFC fights when Sean Brady just made his pro debut in general. Yeah. Sean Brady was 0 and 0 and Kevin Lee was already in had two three fights in the UFC. Uh so yeah, he basically we saw his growth in the UFC. And let's not forget, he got full mount on Tony Ferguson at one point in that interim title fight. Uh, so fantastic fighter. I would love to see a rematch against Michael Chiesa at 170 uh, down the road. So that first fight was at 155. That was when uh, Chiesa got caught in that rear naked choke and was yeah. a Mazzagatti. Whatever referee that has like never refed again yeah. in the UFC because of whatever that, that weird finish was where he said he was out when he wasn't. Um, yeah, then who else has he lost to? Tony Ferguson, Ayakinta twice, both of those fights, whatever. Yeah, Leo RDA, got former him. champ. That was, that was kind of an upset loss, you know, one of those things that just happened. But that was a while back. Which one? Uh, oh, Santos. Leo, yeah, Santos. Yeah. Yeah, that was also. Yeah, he was also super young. Uh, yeah. In that, and then Charles Oliveira, current champ, RDA, former champ. So only losing the best of the best, and he looked like a world beater against Edson Barbosa. Like he took it to him in that fight, and then he got on Bambi legs after that head kick. But and he came uh, back and won. It shows that came back and won. He also how tough he is. There was a there was a point in time where like Kevin Lee wanted to fight everyone that no one wanted to fight in their backyards. Like he go like no. Remember when Gregor Gillespie was like the man at one fifty five? He's like I'll fight that dude in New York where he's from. And then he won. And then we asked him like, who do you want to fight? He goes, I'll fight Islam. I'll fight him in Russia. Like, I don't want to fight him anywhere else besides Russia. And then Charles Oliveira can't get in a fight. I'll fight Charles Oliveira in Brazil. So it's like Kevin Lee is by no any, he's never going to turn down a challenge uh, like this. So yeah, all props to the man. And I love the fight and can't wait for it. It's also on the Conor McGregor, uh, Dustin Poirier three card. So a lot of eyeballs on yeah, this fight. Yeah, huge. 
Huge opportunity. And, and I, I was just, I was just listening to uh, Sean's interview on what the heck uh, uh, the other day. And, and he, he, he was, he was originally going to be on some random fight night in like August. And then it got moved to the uh, July 10th card. So big, big, big difference, big win for him and uh, Kevin Lee. Cool. Cool. 2022 heavyweight one year from today who will be the champion slash number one contender be this time next year so we'll hit these rapid fire so one year from now who will be the ufc heavyweight champion ak france and and the number one contender will be john jones just like it is now <laughs> agreed <laughs> i'm just gonna say it i agree with you but i'm just gonna say it to be different and i bet steve can get his title back because he already beat Francis oh. once before. Why can't he do it again? Everyone seems to just think Francis has Stipe's number when they're one and one. And uh, I think, I think, I think Francis. I, that's fine. Might. That is completely fine. <laughs> if he went, if, if I also said, I think Francis will have the belt, but I also am not counting Stipe out from getting the title back. Because what it like, like Dan White already said, Stipe will get the winner of Francis and Derek Lewis. So I still want to see Stipe. Francis trilogy. I just want to see it. I, I want Stipe to get a win before he gets that. I don't. I, I, cool. I, don't know. I, 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 I still I, think like Stipe I, I don't could know. And I, I, who, who, who could Stipe fight? Who should Stipe fight? If I know Don they're going to give him a drug match. See, that's a fight. Yeah, I'd love that. I know. I don't if think we they're going to. If we can't do John, if we can't do Bring John Cain Jones Velasquez. because of the money thing, Stipe Bring versus Velasquez, Bron, Steve, Bron Strowman. Braun Strowman. I just, I just don't know if he can make two sixty five. That's my real concern. I think he's, he's, he's pretty big. He's like, I don't think he can cut the two sixty five. No, uh, yeah. who's Cyril Gaon fighting? Volkov, maybe the winner of that. That would be great. Yeah, I would love that. I, I, love I, I wish. I'm, I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of on the same boat that Jed's on, just not as rude about it, about Stipe. <laughs> but uh, I just, I've, I've never been a, the biggest Stipe believer. Nice guy, great fireman, and all that stuff, but never been the biggest Stipe. Um, I also Volkov guy. and Volkov and Cyril Gaon have very high level technical striking. They're not really known for this, their touch of death. And I feel like Stipe has fought a lot of people that will just knock you dead. Uh, and I would love to see in just stylistically, I want to see Stipe against someone that can just like, you know, have a high level kickboxing match with him, like Volkov or Cyril Gunn. I just want to see that fight. Either of those fights in general. Anyway, speaking of heavyweight, where do you see Rosenstrick and Sakai this time next year? Uh, Rosenstrick will be headlining a fight night show against Derek Lewis. <laughs> Sakai will be uh, one of the favorites to win the 2022 PFL heavyweight tournament. Wow. <laughs> big, right. I predict big things for both of them. That's, yeah, there you have that's it, a folks. bigger paycheck for Sakai. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Where do you see Tom Aspinall this time next year? Oh. That's a tougher one. Who did you just beat? Was it Arlovsky? Arlovsky. Okay. Arlovsky. Uh, Submitted him. Yeah, I don't know. I see him. He's really good. He's really talented. So talented. Like I got the rankings. Tom Asimov versus Stipe after Stipe loses his rematch, his trilogy fight. Oh, to, wow. uh, I would like. I would like to see Tom Aspinall fight Dawkins. I think that'd be a fun scrap. Uh, two heavyweight prospects. Yes, I I agree. Um, I want. I really. Or, I really want that one. Or if you just want like eyeballs or like a fun selling fight. Uh, the winner of Tied to Ivasa and Greg Hardy. Uh, Tied to Ivasa is obviously a character. The UK versus Australia rivalry is already there. And then I think Aspinall is such a young, high-level mixed martial artist. Just give him to um, Greg Hardy again if he wins. So, sure, those fights are fun too. Pavel? Yeah, I'm, 
Anyway. I'm, I'm copying out le- less specific with this one. Uh, fir- firmly entrenched, though, in the top 10. Th- top five, I don't think so. So I think he'll be in the 7 to 10 range by this time next year and, 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 cool. and really holding that spot down. All right. Two things. Why does it say your name, cities, but AKs is country? <laughs> and secondly, Jose's hair looks sick as fuck. Thank you, Jessica. Uh, AK just represents Canada. Yeah, okay. I'm just fine. Rep- I didn't even notice that. that, just, that it, what happened did. to Mark Ham? What happened to Mark Ham? <laughs> <laughs> he just represents Canada. Like, that is his, like, like tell me about AK. Exactly. Would just say Canada. Just, just like the Raptors. Oh, everyone in the. In Casey the represents Raptors, America, right apparently. <laughs> Exclamation point. Not the United States, just America. America. Exclamation point. AK's is Mark Ham Canada. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jessica Crystal Crew. Oh man. It's good to have Jessica back. I haven't seen her in I haven't seen her in a bit. Uh, all right, we're gonna finish off with yeah, we hit an hour, so let's finish off with this question. Quickies from Andy Burton. How do you see both Lima and Amasov and Jackson versus Daly going? Ooh, I like both those fights a lot. Damn, that's a good question. Um, I love Dougie Limes. Uh, I think I think he's the second best welterweight in the world behind Kamaru Usman. And um, Asma, As, uh, Amasov will give him a tough fight. Uh, Lima will win a dominant decision. Casey, your homework for the next week is to come up with uh, a food-themed nickname for Amasov. Okay. <laughs> apparently you can you can't use his first name because douglas lima needs to be showing the dougie lines apparently and then uh jeremy jackson charlie charlie olives jeremy jackson Jackson versus daily jackson versus daily um i'm gonna go i i'm i love paul days i've just been one of my favorite fighters for his entire career but um jackson looks great i thought he looked great against um neiman gracie when he, he defeated him even he almost had his eyeball ripped out by the cage, and he still came back and won. Um, I'm gonna go Jackson. Looked great against Benson. Looked great against Benson too. Yeah. So that's why I'm picking Jackson because I picked him to lose both those fights, and he won both those fights. So might as well get on the Jackson hype train now. I also picked Douglas Lima to win because I selfishly need to see Lima versus MVP part two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Lima and, and Jackson. How do you see the middleweight matchups between Till Brunson and Costa Cannonier going? Hmm. I think I'm picking Brunson. I think Brunson and Paolo Costa will win. Man. No, Brunson and Cannonier. That's what I'm picking. You had to go with your crystal guy. I saw that. I saw the change in your eyes. Yeah. I saw it. That's true. <laughs> Jessica Crystal Crew chimed in. You're like, oh, Jessica's watching. Let me, yeah. We better go with the crystal guy. I'm not. I, I don't <laughs> think uh, Jessica's big on the Jared Cannonier train anymore. He jumped off. Yeah, his, he's uh, off the crystal crew. Social media activity. Um, Till versus Brunson. I always pick Brunson, so yeah. I think I, so this I'm going to pick for him. I think I need to stop doubting him. He's a very good fighter, and I also uh, like I also like Paulo Costa. I think he's better than a lot of people think. I, I, I think it, we just talked earlier in the show. He had this one embarrassing loss to Israel Adesanya, and now everyone's oh, was he was he really that good? And yes, yes. The man threw down with Yoel Romero. The guy's very good. <laughs> so I do like him too. Uh, I do think he's just got a little more. A little more, a little more power than Cannoneer, maybe. maybe think, uh, well, and I think, and I think underrated as far as technique as well. Why, 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 what's wrong with Cannoneer? Who's who, who's he lost to? I like middle, him. middleweight. Uh, I don't know who's he lost to middleweight. Uh, Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. 
and he shattered yeah. his arm in the first yeah. round. That's not, yeah. I don't think, I don't not, think Costa not a bad, not a bad, not a bad so. fire to lose to. Not a bad fire to lose to. Yeah, but that's not, I mean, that's that's a twisted form of MMA math, Casey. No, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't, why are you hating no. Cannoneer? Why are you hating? You're I'm hating. not hating Cannoneer. I Sounds think Costa, like I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm defending all the Costa hate. I think Costa's reputation took a big, big, big hit uh, after the uh, Adesanya fight. And I think people are forgetting how talented and how good he actually is. And, well, I think he'll bounce back. I think he wins. I think he wins. Is, this it, one. is, it, is it sober Costa? Is that what we're doing? Or was it the Costa? Was- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much wine. Yeah, too much wine. Come on. What is inter- an interesting question to wrap it up? What is the poster of the year so far? I, what are your thoughts on MMA posters in general? Personally, you think they have looked awful recently. The Gone versus Rosenstrike one was trash. Same for the Ige Zombie, and wh- and whoever made McNuggets versus Poirier is being straight up lazy. Uh, so this person only brought up UFC posters. If you want to go see a how-to on MMA posters, go look at every single Ryzen poster. That's all you got to do. They they freaking rule. Um, I was a big fan of the zombie Brian Ortega. I was a big fan of that one. It was like green and you, normally the it was it just looked different from past fights. Um, the the recent Ryzen poster is. Awesome. I'm, I'm having to look these it. up. They're so there's the, these posters are so nondescript. I'm literally like looking up all these posters like right, I just right now and <laughs> figure out. Um, there were you know, a few that were good. We don't have to talk um, about necessarily UFC. Didn't be UFC. It- I was a big fan of the UFC 218. Uh, that was Holloway Aldo 2 because that was also sponsored. One of the main pr- sponsors was the the new Thor movie that came out. So everything was like dark blue, except they had like neon yellow would like highlight certain aspects of each of the four fighters. So like, you know how Nganu has like that lighting bolt in his head. So it was like a dark reddish blue Nganu with like a big neon yellow lightning bolt in his head. And over him had his yellow lines right, right. on his forehead. So I thought those were fun. I also obviously selfishly liked the UFC 181, which was the uh, comic book one. That's the, I can't remember who the artist that did it. Um, made basically just a comic book poster for a comic book cover for Hendrix Lawler too. And Gilbert, Melendez versus Anthony Pettis. And then I really liked, and I think it was perfect, was Overeem Lesnar because it didn't have their fight stats. It had their physical. So it was like 6'5", 265 pounds, <laughs> like yeah. size X fist. And then it had like Overeem and Lesnar standing. And it just looks like a freak show fight, which obviously kind of was. But I liked Down because it was billing Simple. just two behemoths Simple. of – men just fist fighting inside of an octagon so that one's very simple let me show you oh i found it let me show is, you this this is the very the most please, recent rise up there rise poster right here well, i'll just I'll, I'll just i'll describe it I'll, okay so Great. for our our podcast listeners it's, it's just it's a beautiful uh shot of the tokyo dome uh it's like a nighttime shot it has a tokyo dome at, sort of at the end of a desert like valley and there's like a uh, comet like streaking across the. It's very, it's very cool looking. So you guys can look. Oh, this is Ryzen twenty Ryzen twenty eight poster. If you guys want to look this up. And yourself. the reason uh, why this poster is because the story is um, Ryzen is going to be the Tokyo Dome. Normally at the Saitama or different venues around Japan, but they're going to be the Tokyo Dome. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure this event got moved or canceled on. because of pandemic. Unfortunately, because mm-hmm. um, you know cases went up and all that. No. Yeah, but stuff. it looks really nice. It's such, it's, but, it's such a cool mystique to it. Yeah. No, no. I, I guess I, I've been to Tokyo Dome, and this is photoshopped. This is this isn't how it is. Looks it? Yeah, this isn't how exactly how it looks in front of Tokyo Dome. So if you go to Tokyo 
and visit the the this this, this arena, it doesn't look like that. Just you know. Just, oh just it, yeah, yes, I can. I can testify it is not at the end of an apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, it is it's actually part of like a like a, a park, like a sort of a big city park thing. What's it called? It's like Tokyo Park or something? Yeah, Tokyo Park. There's, there's um, an amusement park. There's roller yeah. coasters right near it. And, it's, it's and, and um, Karakuen Hall is right next to it too. That's where um, uh-huh. they have a bunch of all the crazy wrestling and shooto, pancreas. Um, everything is at Karakuen Hall. I'll, I'll just shout out uh, Fight Circus. Fridays. There's a Fight Circus Fridays right posters. The best uh, fight posters. Yeah. What was who was the Pride Ten one that had uh, Sakuraba? Remember he was in the Renee choke. That woman had him in the yeah, Renee choke. Shirt, yeah, yeah. That one's um, fantastic. Um, what, is the woman not supposed to be his wife or something? Something like that. Because there are two. One of them, it's like her in an apron, like smacking him around, and yeah. the other one is <laughs> Dream Six is the oh, best. I think sorry. that was the uh, the oh, tournament. Dream so. Oh, okay. Dream Six, I think, was the best because they were the fighters were in a in a bracket, but it was their whole bodies. It was like you know, it was almost like toys, like you kind of snap yeah, out like of the thing, out like of, a little snap out toy yeah, figures. Yeah, out that toys. one absolutely, that one absolutely ruled. But yeah, Dream <laughs> uh, Asian fight promotions do it right. Yeah, in terms yeah. of uh, but um, the go back to the question. Yes, um, UFC poster making is straight up lazy. But you know what? Blame one person on that. That's Dana White. He chooses it. It's his. He runs the company. It's his promotion. If they want lazy posters, that's on them. But um, yeah, whatever. Uh, hold on, Casey. Can we throw this one up quickly? Uh, this is for I gotta send you the link, and uh, I'll listen to the link in Slack right now. Uh, if I can get my freaking this is a fight circus was was promoting a uh, a phone booth fight, which unfortunately did not go through. Um, there was COVID. Sorry, not not the fight. Sorry, not the event. The fight itself went through. The event was uh, was unfortunately postponed because of because uh, of COVID. Let me just send shoot this over to Casey. Um, so this is a pretty cool poster. I, I don't know if it's like an homage to something. Uh, oh, that is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a movie. We can throw it up there. And I'll describe it again for people just listening. It is just a an open a graphic of this open phone booth. And uh, blood is like sp- <laughs> spilling out of it. Yeah, if you guys just Google, uh, I got you guys listening. Fight Circus 3 posters. They make a few movie posters, I think, style posters. So this is one of them. Uh, again, so hopefully they will. Have this fight uh, go down sometime in the future. It is supposed to literally, I think, be two Muay Thai fighters stuffed into a phone booth, like in the crap out of each other. Um, there we go. And that's what well, yeah, people watching now can see it. That is a cool And it says, uh, it says from the creators of Kicking Only Human Cockfighting. And then uh, there's a tagline as well. It says, call 1-800-COLLECT-TEETH. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there you go. So Dude, we can do better. UFC, UFC, we can do better. <laughs> What I had to collect teeth, dear God! Oh my goodness! This is this, yeah, and they even designed it like it looks like a, a VHS tape that you see like a nice. yeah, blockbuster video. Oh wow! Which is which is which is the only place you can probably find Fight Circus uh, right right next to the faces uh, of death videos and, and right UFC and UFC one, <laughs> UFC one VHS tapes. one one through one through twenty. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's great. a great poster, man. Love it. Anyway. You know what posters also are sucking a lot lately? I'm disappointed. Bellator. They're not even trying anymore. Now their Bellator posters yeah, are sucking. Come on. Do they really have posters? They, 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 they've posters? had cool posters. Like when they did they, when they have big events, they've had they've had cool posters. They have. Uh-huh. Um, but lately they've been just kind of calling it in too. So bum. Bum. Anyway, right. that's it for the show, right? Because we ran a little long, or do we have more? No, nah, we're good. We're good. Happy anniversary. Oh, can, can I can I say happy yeah. anniversary again? Jose, because let me tell everyone something. Uh, I know, Jose, when you first started having to do this, uh, you, you got thrown into it. 
you take over. It was a lot of technical difficulties. It was a freaking nightmare, but you stuck with it. Okay, Jose Young's one man, I don't say one man show, obviously, I know KCU helps as well, but these guys stuck with it and, and, and got the show together and got a bunch of great guests over the last two years. And I'm, I'm super happy to work with you guys and to be part of this two year anniversary because I do remember what a struggle it was at first and uh, how good it is now. So congratulations, my friends. Well done. Good work. If you want people on the show, just tag them. We'll try to get them on. Yeah. On Twitter. Casey, what do you got to say? Um, I don't know. Everyone be nice to each other. Enjoy Pride Month. Um, I don't know. Go hug your friends. Get vaccinated. You know, then hug your friends. Oh my God, I, I hung out with people. I was in I was in a room with like six other people. We're all vaccinated. We're just talking. I was like, this feels crazy. I gave each other a hug. We, we hugged each other when we left. It was it was like 2019. It was amazing. Had a wild. Well, week. I'm gonna close it by saying I want to plug this shirt that I'm wearing. It's called comicbookforkids.org you can go on their website where they try to provide children and I stress children friendly comic books to children in hospital hospitals and cancer centers throughout the United States and Canada so if you're in Canada you can also donate your children friendly comic books or you can just go on their website and hit the donate button sometimes they get um, if, if, if a publisher company has published too many comic books or they have too many copies of certain comic books they will give them to uh, hospitals and cancer organizations to give to children who are stuck in the hospitals and want to escape into the world of the, the enchantment of the mind of comic books so that is comicbookforkids.org go buy a shirt go donate some comic books or just go and den- donate some money in general it's for a good cause it's all over the country of Canada and the United States started in Chicago but it is a fantastic organization check them out and with that We'll see you next Wednesday on the A-Side live chat. Fights are back this weekend. We got UFC on Vegas 28. Is it 28? 28, maybe? 28, 29? And then, of course, we have Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul happening on Sunday in Miami. None of us are there, unfortunately. I believe it's Sunday. So watch those. If you don't want to watch those, we'll have all of your coverage here on (laughs) MMAfighting.com. But until then, we'll see you next Wednesday. Bam. Happy birthday, AK. <laughs> nope. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.